This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Brower. We have prepared a different episode for you this week in honor of Christmas. And you may have noticed that it was posted early rather than on a Monday like we normally do. We chose to do this because we wanted to be able to share this episode with you before Christmas so you can enjoy it whenever you get the chance as you celebrate with loved ones. Today, we're sharing with you a special birth story, one that is extremely relevant to the season. It's Mary's birth story. Of course, biblically, we don't have a ton of details from her story, so through tons of research, imagination, experience, and input from many members of Southern Utah's Birth Village, we have come up with our imagined, elaborated version of Mary's special story. We will be sharing spiritual sentiments throughout this episode. That tends to come up in a lot of birth stories, but especially one that recounts experiences of extremely faithful people. So if that's not your thing, we hope you'll still find something to enjoy within this episode. Without further ado, this is Mary's birth story in her words, as imagined by the birth village. It all started in the town of Nazareth. Joseph and I were betrothed, and life was simple. I was filled with dreams of our future. Then, one day, an angel appeared to me with extraordinary news, that I was to bear a child conceived by the Holy Ghost. When I first saw the angel, I was initially startled and slightly confused. I didn't understand the meaning of the visit until he told me not to be afraid. I felt a lot of peace come over me as he explained to me what I was to do and answered any questions I had. It was a miraculous thing that was expected of me, but I couldn't deny the peace I felt, which was a confirming witness that what the angel was telling me was true. I didn't know how I would explain this to anyone. All I knew was that it was true and that God would provide a way. The angel also spoke of my cousin Elizabeth, who, despite her older age, was carrying a divine child of her own and that she was already six months into her pregnancy. I knew how Elizabeth had longed for the joys of motherhood and had previously been told she wouldn't be able to bear children. So I was thrilled to hear she would soon get to hold a child of her own in her arms to visit Elizabeth. I knew she would need some help in the final months of her pregnancy, especially in her advanced age. And I was hoping she could give me some comfort and advice that I needed. She was such a faithful woman. I trusted I could find that relief with her. My reunion with Elizabeth was a joyful one. Not one but two miracles between us. We barely had words to express our joy, but when she did speak, her words left me speechless. She called me 
the mother of my Lord. I was reminded of the magnitude of such a calling, and my heart was filled with humility once again. I already loved her, but this moment connected our hearts deeply and purely. I stayed with Elizabeth through the end of her pregnancy. I watched as she prepared herself as much as she possibly could for the experience of childbirth. Earlier in her life, she had enjoyed tending to postpartum women when she could, serving them and gathering birth stories. She shared these stories with me, and we discussed what was to be expected, the stages of labor, and our shared excitement over the upcoming experiences we would share, especially that of holding our precious new babies. I was able to witness and assist Elizabeth in labor. She handled it beautifully. I became anxious and excited for my experience to come and admittedly a little nervous, knowing the process would be long and difficult. It strengthened me to see Elizabeth rely on God throughout her labor so I continued strengthening my faith with intentions of doing the same. Returning home was filled with anticipation. My dear Joseph discovered the news of my pregnancy and understandably, he faced a dilemma. Lawfully, I was subject to being stoned to death, but because Joseph is a really good man, he was considering divorcing me in private. He didn't want to disgrace me or make a spectacle of my pregnancy. I didn't feel afraid. I kept feeling reassured that everything would turn out. He was tormented with doubts and unsure of what to do until the angel visited him in a dream, reassuring him of the divine nature of our child. He believed and he committed to protecting and taking care of me and the child I was carrying. This was a testament to Joseph's faith and love. His support was invaluable. Months passed, and together we set out on a journey to Bethlehem as the decree for the census was issued. At this time, 10 lunar cycles had passed since I became pregnant, and I knew I was to have the baby soon. I was a bit nervous to take such an arduous journey at this point in pregnancy, but again, I maintained faith that everything would be okay despite the challenges we would face. The Lord would provide a way for me to carry out this great responsibility. Even through my faith, I was still subject to the experiences of my mortal emotions and feelings. In hindsight, I know that the messy, painful, and scary parts of motherhood are what make it so rewarding on the other side. Opposition teaches us so much, and I'm grateful to have been allowed to have somewhat of a normal experience, as hard as that gratitude may be to come by sometimes. This late into my pregnancy, I was exhausted. It was hard to take a good deep breath. I enjoyed feeling the baby kick and wiggle inside of me, though I was more looking forward to experiencing him on the outside. <laughs> the journey to Bethlehem took four long days, and we traveled with a donkey. Joseph, always caring, encouraged me to ride as much as I would 
to keep me as comfortable as possible. At the beginning of the journey, I began having some small contractions. They were inconsistent, and I knew the labor wasn't starting quite yet, but that it would soon. On the last day of the journey, the contractions intensified, and I knew the labor had begun. It marked great anticipation by Joseph and I both. Joseph hurried to reach Bethlehem as soon as possible to seek a place for me to comfortably labor. Bethlehem was bustling with people, many of them seeking shelter for the night. We went from inn to inn, hoping for a place to rest. But my labor had already begun, and the inns were too full to provide me a quiet and private place to birth. It wasn't until we reached a humble stable offered by a compassionate innkeeper that we found refuge. In that quiet stable, surrounded by the soft presence of animals, labor intensified. Joseph sought midwives to assist, and the sacred journey of birth began. He wasn't gone for long, as word had already spread of a poor, young, first-time mother that needed assistance in her birth. The woman heard. They came, and they helped me. I will forever be grateful to these wise women that served me so beautifully. Like all men of the time, Joseph didn't know about birth. He waited nervously and slightly overwhelmed, doing what he could to provide me comfort as he watched the midwives take care of me. He was so kind and supportive. The calm, confident demeanor of the midwives helped calm his nerves. He whispered encouraging words to me as I leaned against these women through contractions and worked through the pains of labor. They pushed and pulled on my hands, encouraged me to walk, and gave me strength. The contractions were more intense than I had expected, but I found strength in prayer and acceptance. The midwives, like earthly angels, guided me through the sacred rhythm of birth. I did get to a point during transition when I couldn't help but wonder, This is so hard. Isn't there another way? But I knew there wasn't. The only way out is through. I somehow found a strength beyond my own natural abilities to do what felt impossible. Finally, through moans too deep for words, in a moment that felt both long and short, my child... Jesus entered the world. One of the midwives cut the umbilical cord and helped me remove the placenta. They had warm water and sponges and handled everything that Joseph or I would not have known how to do. The woman tended to me as I held my baby. They helped me nurse him. I was in awe of what I had accomplished and I felt a profound sense of humility to have been selected for the utmost honor of providing this ordinance and gift of birth and life to the one who would save us all. It was a moment of overwhelming emotions, tears of joy, exhaustion, 
and the realization of the extraordinary journey that lay ahead. I didn't know all of the details of what he would do with his miraculous life, but I did know that he would be the savior of the world. I felt surrounded by spirits, both young and old, who were thrilled, rejoicing and singing praises of the Most High God as the earth had received her king. In those quiet moments that followed, surrounded by the silent and reverent witnesses of the stable, I felt an overwhelming sense of awe and reverence. I wept, not just as a mother, but as the humble handmaiden to the Lord. It was the beginning of a journey that would forever change the course of history. When I was finally ready to lay him down, I wrapped him in special, embroidered swaddling bands that I had prepared during my betrothal to Joseph, and I laid him in the stone feeding trough nearby called a manger. I fell to my knees and cried some more, knowing this child was destined for greatness. I knew he would someday save my soul, and that all of his greatness started here, this tiny, sweet, perfect baby boy. Mary's story is a beautiful and empowering one, and it felt appropriate to dive deeper, imagining and romanticizing what she may have experienced as we celebrate this very event this Christmas season. We hope you feel uplifted by this story, and we hope this Christmas season, you may encounter the profound, enduring love of Jesus in its most extraordinary form. Merry Christmas from the Birth Village podcast. On that note, I will leave you with this. Empowered women empower women.